help me welcome our internet audience. So glad you guys are with us. God bless you. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Uh, Sunday, um, well over 500 people joined us by way of internet. So that's a, that's a, and that's been going on. So that's pretty awesome. Amen. And uh, good things going on. And uh, how's your week? Anybody couldn't join in that? Woo, great. Anybody, anybody know I'd like a redo so far? Okay, good. That's all right. Because we're either up or we're, or we're getting up. Amen. Don't you ever forget that. Well, we're going to get into the word tonight. Uh, as we're doing this, I want to encourage you to come be with us on Sunday. I started a series last week called Thrive. And maybe you know that God does not just, he doesn't want you just to survive. He wants you to what? thrive. And there's reasons why you do or don't. And uh, we're going to be looking at that. Just some powerful things you'll want to be here. Plus, and this is all I'm going to say, I have a super important, uh, exciting announcement to make on Sunday. So you'll want to be here for that. And don't try to, what is it? You can tell me. I ain't telling you nothing. You got, you get here Sunday and you'll be, you'll be glad that you did. Okay. Some exciting things that God is, is, is doing. Well, we're continuing on our series called Believe, and we are believers. And uh, it's important that we are able to uh, know what we believe, know why we believe it, be able to articulate what we believe. That's very important. Um, It's important on so many levels. Um, You're going to have to be able to share what you believe. You're even at times going to have to defend what you believe. Um, I think it's important in every step of life. uh, You better know what you believe, and you better... You, you better put it to the test. In some of the darkest times of my life, I've thankfully, and I believe the Spirit of God prompted me, do you really believe what you say you believe? Well, you better have something that can hold water and resist heat and everything else, okay? So your, your faith needs to be strong and intact. And so um, what we're doing with this series is, is going over uh, systematic theology, and then we're pulling off every now and then and spending a little bit of time on some areas. Right now, uh, we're looking at Jesus as a master teacher. How many of you know that he was the master teacher? And in Jesus, then, um, we find the center and the culmination. We find the embodiment, the fulfillment of what we do believe in him. And what he taught, an example that he gave, uh, he was the fulfillment of all of those things, as I said. Uh, all of that is, is uh, all of the promises of God, all the prophecies of God, all of those things find their fulfillment in him. And he is the central figure in all of human history and, e- and eternity, Jesus. Amen. And he was and, and is, because his word continues to us, he is the master teacher. And what he taught... Uh, us through, through his scripture, um, through the word, uh, especially new, in the gospels, as we look, he, he largely predominantly focused on the kingdom of God. And then what is life like life now that we live? What is that like in the context of the kingdom? And then what is eternal life? What is eternity about in the context of the kingdom? And everything finds its Excuse me for using the word the third time again in the context of the kingdom. And he is the king and he will reign forever Amen. and ever yes. and ever. Yes. And uh, I don't know about you, but I hate the election season. You know, it's like all the commercials and all the calls to the house and, and all of those things. Well, I've got good news to you about God. 
uh, nobody put him in office. Nobody's going to take him out of office. And uh, I'm thankful for that. Amen. All right. Well, um, here's what, what predominantly happens. We have the Bible, and I hope you have a Bible. And let me just say this to you, and I'm pushing you gently toward technology because there's so much that can be done, you know, with technology that will help you in so many ways. My wife and I were talking today. There's parts of social media that, that we love, and there's parts of it I just cannot stand. So I'm, I'm looking for somebody running for office that's going to require a license for anybody to be on Facebook or something. You know, wouldn't that be good? You have to pass some tests or whatever. I'm, I'm joking. But, um, you know, you, it's like anything, anything powerful it can be misused or you can be reckless with it or it can be used in a very, very powerful way. And so even like Heart of a Woman um, this past Sunday night, uh, Alicia got messages from people as far away as Estonia, uh, one of the Baltic states, former Soviet Union, uh, a friend of ours that was just in need of that message. And to be able to, like that, that message be there and for that to minister to her and to hear back, you know, that's, power, that's a powerful thing. Anyway, what I started to say concerning the Bible, this is God speaking to us. This is God's word. Um, it's kind of like this. God, through his love, there we go. God, through his love, speaks through his son to us. Would you say that with me? God, through his love, speaks through his son to us. But I encourage you, listen, there is no substitute for reading the Bible. You know, and I read a lot of other books, and I have some devotion, devotional materials that I read and that type of thing. But there's just, for your life, there's no substitute. There's no substitute for reading the Bible. So always bring your Bible, um, be that in your phone or a tablet or uh, the old-fashioned way, paper and ink, and, uh, which I still love to handle. And we have, as, as you're coming and going, there's carts at these doors just so you'll know there's Bibles so that you can check in on a Bible. I'm going to put probably all the verses that, that we will read in a service. They're going to be on the screens for you as well. So, um, you know, we just, without God's Word, we don't have anything to say. Okay, so tonight I want to look at, begin to look at um, one of the most important collections of Jesus' teaching is the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, we've looked at some aspects of this before. And in particular tonight, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. In the Sermon on the Mount, just look at, uh, I want you to hear the things that Jesus covered. He covered the law. He covered anger. Now, y'all just keep track, you know, an informal track, see if any of these things speak to you, okay? Law, anger, anybody so far? Okay. Uh, Worry, uh, marriage, divorce, adultery, enemies, the needy, money, possessions, judging, prayer, finding direction, finding fulfillment, living free from hypocrisy, love, grace, wisdom, discernment, living dedicated to God, and there's a few other things in there. That's pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible. And when he finished all of this, uh, the people were struck. They were astonished. They all gave a holy wow. Everybody say, holy wow. Holy wow. Look at this in Matthew 7, verse 28 and 29. And so it was when, he, when Jesus had ended these sayings, Sermon on the Mount here, that the people were astonished at his teaching. They were astonished. It was just an incredible thing. 
And I want to look at one thing that he shared, actually 12 words that are um, toward the end of this Sermon on the Mount. And uh, we'll find this here in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. It's also in Luke 6, 31. But it says here, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Would you read it with me one time? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Notice here, therefore. One of the, and I'm not being silly with this, one of the keys to understanding Scripture and keeping it connected together is ask what the therefore is there for. And, and what he's doing, he's connecting it to all the previous teaching there on the Sermon on the Mount. So all of that being said, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them for this. And notice this line because we'll come back to it. For this is the law and the prophets. This is called the golden rule. You've heard the golden rule. You haven't. Well, it's the golden rule. And um, we're familiar with it. I thought you were familiar with it. Um, It's found in a lot of different philosophies. It's found in literature um, and not just Christian. Uh, It's in Jewish literature. It's in pagan literature. It's in business books. It's all over the place that you're going to find the golden rule. It's also been called the golden law. J.C. Penney, which was founded in 1902, was called the golden rule store. Um, It was not uh, where we get golden rule. Jesus didn't say, and heads up, this is the golden rule. Okay. He didn't name it that. In the the 220 A.D., there was a Roman emperor, Alexander Severus. And he uh, was not a believer, but he heard this teaching, this maxim that was about 200 years old from the point of Jesus at that point. So we're like 200 years after the life of Jesus. And he thought, this is so awesome. This is such a a guide to living. This will help relations. This will help uh, social order if we could do this. And so he started putting it up on buildings uh, where he was ruling and it's and, and where historians believe that the golden rule came from is in his own chambers in his bedroom he had it inscribed in gold on his wall and so that's where historically we get the golden part but this is what i want to tell you it is gold and this and by gold so often we hear the gold standard so this is a kingdom standard and this is a this is gold for us and i want us to look at a number of aspects of it and you'll say well it kind of explains itself it does but i want us to really consider this and and look at this in uh going back to matthew 7 verse 12 and uh notice the a okay we're going to get the b in a in a moment and this is just a way to divide the verses. And so this verse falls into two, two halves here. And we're just going to look at the A portion in the New Living Translation here. It says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Okay, that's in the New Living. Look at it in the Amplified Bible. So then, whatever you desire that others would do to and for you, even so, do also to and for them. Okay, now bear that in mind. Um, just brilliant that that, uh, the way this works in any relationship. And you don't have to be a believer to apply that. I wish everybody would apply it. 
How many of you know it'd be, everything would be a whole lot better if people would do that? You know, that we would actually do to others. I like this, do to and for others what you wish they would do to and for you. And I've heard, I've heard twists on this too. Do to others before they do to you, you know. And, and that's wrong. We missed that. Don't write that down. Don't write that down. All right. But this really is a game changer. And, and I want you to understand this. This is, this is a little deeper what we're looking at here tonight. Because I'll tell you what we love to hear. We love to hear how awesome God is. We love to hear how good God is. We love to hear which the, the dominant theme of all the promises of God are to help you and deliver you and those kind of things. How many of you love, love the promises of God and we love those kind of things? Okay, But this is something Jesus is saying, okay, I've taught you all this stuff. And he says, now... I need you to do something. I need you to act in a certain way. And so this, this is a little deeper. This calls for some maturity. And if you want to mature, then do what Jesus says to do. And so this is something we're going to have to pick up and do. Now, if he ever tells us or asks us to do something, will he help us to do it? And, and can I go ahead and tell you, you're probably going to need him to help you. You're going to need him to prompt you. You're going to need him to remind you. You're going to need him to give you the grace and strength sometimes to actually fulfill what he's commanded us to do. Now, this is super important here in the B portion of the verse. Now, notice the B portion. He said this, and when we read the the New King James earlier, he says, for this is, just remember this, for this is the law and the prophets. The New Living Translation brings it out a little bit further. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Okay, read, read that with me. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Heavy. Now go ahead to the Amplified Bible, also the B portion. For this is, in parenthetical here, sums up, this sums up, the law and the prophets. Now, that's pretty amazing. One, one commentary says this. This is the substance of all relative duty, all scripture in a nutshell. Are you all here? So this is not just a summary of the Sermon on the Mount. This is the essence and the summation of all Everybody say all, all the law and the prophets. All of this is going to come together here. And like it says, this is all scripture in a nutshell. So um, let me give you some numbers here real quick. The golden rule is 12 words, depending on the translation. Because like the Amplified Bible is going to be like 19 words. Uh, but King James, New King James, most of those uh, New Living Translations, most of it's going to be 12 words. I learned it this way. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Okay. And so I, it's 12 words, give or take, you know, depending on the translation that, that you look at. So these 12 words, everybody say 12 words are the summation and the essence of all the law and the prophets. Okay. All the law and the prophets. So the law is actually the Pentateuch, it's called. And it's the first five books of the Bible, okay? Everybody say Pentateuch. Pentateuch. You just looked smart saying it, didn't you? Okay. So you've got the first five books of the Bible referred to as the law. At the time that um, 
that Jesus was ministering on the earth, he had the law and he had the prophets, okay? And so anything that Jesus quoted, it came out of, out of there. How I many of you know that Jesus did not have a New Testament, okay? <clears throat> he was actually, and I don't want to go too far on this tonight, actually, uh, he brought in the new, new Covenant, New Testament. Actually, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, a lot of what's going on there, we were still Old Testament. You say, but wait, it's in the New Testament part of my Bible. I understand that. But actually it is, that's Old Covenant until he cut New Covenant. Okay. Well, we won't, we won't hang on that tonight. But um, so you have all the law, the Pentateuch, uh, first five books of the Bible. Here's just some stats. Okay. It's 187 chapters. It's 156,736 words. You say, but who's counting? Then the prophets. There are five major prophets. There are 12 minor prophets. Do you know what makes the difference in major or minor? The size of the book. It wasn't like one guy was more important than another or whatever. You've got five major prophets, Isaiah being the, the most major. And then you've got 12 minor. So you've got 17 prophets, 17 books. You've got 250 chapters. You've got 164,397 words in the prophets. So if you add up all the words, I'm making a point here, all the words of the law and all the words of the prophets, the total is 321,133 words. Summed up, are y'all here? Summed up in 12 words. Now, when I was in my master's program, we had to read uh, at a minimum uh, 1,500 uh, pages a month. And sometimes I would just go cross-eyed. You know, and you're just, you're just reading. It can just be a blur. I'm in my doctoral program now, and I'm having to read. It's spread out a little bit more manageable, but it's, it's still massive amounts. And it's, uh, it's a different level. Sometimes I'll be reading, I'll go, who even talks this way? <laughs> and I make a commitment that I never will. Um, uh, but sometimes some of these books are so thick and so heady. I will do this. Now, let, let me qualify this. I have to, for every book that I read for, for seminary, I have to have a, a, a statement of integrity that I have read this book in its entirety and I have to sign it. The, the name of the book, the author, and a statement that I've read it and I have to sign it and I have to date it. How many of you know that if you're in Bible seminary, you probably shouldn't lie on that? <laughs> you know? So I've, you know, I've just got this internal commitment. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to, not going to do that. And, but I will do this to help me sometimes. I'll, I'll read it all. But I'll find or buy summaries where they're available so that somebody can help me. <laughs> somebody can help me. What am I about to read or what am I reading or what did I just read? You know, with, with some of the things. And because I just need to know. So that summary holds great, great value. Now, the summary won't tell me everything, but the summary will bring me the essence of it. So that I can kind of get that. Well, what we have here in the golden rule, Jesus himself said, here's a summary. 
This is all the law and all the prophets. It's all, this is the essence and summation of it that you would do to others like you would have them do unto you. Now, if Jesus pointed that out, and, and do you think Jesus was just reckless and just rambling and just talking and, you know, he looked at his little sundial while he was speaking and, and said, you know, I got 10 more minutes here. I got, I got to fill in with something, so I'll just add some stuff. No, how many of you know that what he said counted? And remember, as God, through his love, speaking through his son, Jesus said, I don't say anything unless I hear my father say it. So this is an important moment here in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus said, uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now get this, for this is the law and the prophets. For him to say that at that point is massive. Are y'all here? This is just massive. It's important. Sometimes we just kind of zoom over that. But that is just massive to consider at that point that he would say that for us to consider that that is, and the language pulls out, that's the summation. That's the essence. That, that it brings us to this. You know what it says to me? And I'm just going to put it in just, you know, down here, our life, where we're at right now. It means this. This is my, my paraphrase. It is... It is huge to God how we treat other people. I'll say it again. It is huge to God how we treat other people. He introduced a kingdom standard. You know, um, sometimes I'll hear people talk to waiters and waitresses. And and it riles me up. And if I wasn't a believer and if I weighed like 60 more pounds and was just massive, (laughs) I would go over and take care of it, okay? But it's just like, who are you? How how can you talk to another person that way? It's like, how dare you? And and I've been in restaurants before where there are certain restaurants will give you uh, a discount if you have your church bulletin, you know. Um, and that's kind of a bygone day kind of thing. A few, few still will do that because a lot of churches don't even do a bulletin. We do a, a thing once a month for you, welcome home. But just imagine that I have seen people throwing their fit and talking rude with their church bulletin about their discount and everything else. And you know what I think they do? They negate their message. They negate their witness. And Alicia and I, a lot of times because of schedule and that kind of thing, we'll eat out. And now there's hardly anybody to cook for at home anyway. So um, we'll be out different places and we get to know waiters and waitresses and we will love on them and, and take interest in them and minister to them and invite them and 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 treat them nice. And I've had so many of them say to us, so many over the years, I hate working Sundays. And why would that be? You know, because you miss church or whatever. They, no, they said, I cannot stand when church people come. I just want to fall down and cry. Listen to me, Meadowbrook Church. I want them to be glad to see you coming. Because you carry yourself by a different standard. It's a kingdom standard. It's the gold standard. 
that you do to other people, you treat other people, and, and here's the qualifier, the way I'd want them to, to treat me. Are y'all here? You do the same thing in the same way. And I think it takes everything to a different level. It, it not only then, is, if you're serving, let's say that you are doing something for somebody. I'll get to the other half of it in a moment. If you're doing something for other people, um, it's not just the act that you do. It's not the what you do. It's how you do it. It's not just the act. It's the attitude. It's service with a smile. Y'all missed it. It's service with a smile. You know, it, it shouldn't be, there's your food. You know, if it's you serving, you, you want to do this in a, in a right way. And why do we have to do this, Pastor? Because Jesus said so. And because everything he said is in the context of the kingdom. And this is a kingdom standard. And if we want to live and walk in the fullness of the kingdom, if we want to, and this is huge, want to represent the kingdom well, I think we need to carry ourselves in that way. Can I get an amen tonight? The other thing about the golden rule, it puts you in their shoes. See, it should not be, well, I'm going to do really good to other people and be nice to people so that people will be nice to me. I think it goes to another level here. I think it allows you to swap places with a person, um, to put yourself in their shoes, which is a key to kindness and a key to understanding. First Peter 3, 7 says, dwell with understanding. Dwell with understanding. Let me spend a moment on this. That means, y'all with me? That means that you're going to try to understand what it's like to be them. You're going to try to understand, uh, try to understand their story. Why are they that way? Why are they acting that way? What is it like to be them? And how many of you know that's kind of the way Jesus came? And I think we need to, come that way and, and realize this. And when we, when we do that, when we kind of swap places with them, I think this is when the golden rule really hits it. Think about it this way. Let's go back to the restaurant again. Okay. Y'all here? What if your waiter or waitress comes up and they spill something? Okay. Well, I'm a paying customer and I have a right to throw a fit. And then not only did they spill something, they also forgot something. And you had to remind them and then it took them a while before they got back to you. Well, don't you know now that the golden rule has expired and you can do whatever you want, right? No? What if, just what if, everybody say what if. What if, what if we decided, I wonder what's going on with them. What if we tried to change roles, and, and I hope I, I can articulate this right. What if we changed roles and said, what if it was me that was that waiter or waitress, and I spilt something, forgot something, and then got detained somehow, and I'm just not giving them good service? How would I hope somebody would treat me? Would you hope they would be patient with you? Would, they, would you hope that they'd just try to understand, must be something going on with you today? Would you hope that they'd still be generous? You know, four of you are with me on this, okay? Wouldn't you hope? What if, what if you messed it up? What if you messed it up? Wouldn't you just hope that somebody would be, be patient and forgiving and just kind? 
You know, and I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying this, this helps the rule to work. There have been times where we've had horrible service somewhere. And I just feel like the Lord said, don't give them the regular tip. And I'm going, you're right. You bet you're right. <laughs> and I feel like the Lord said, give them extra. <laughs> now, God, I know you're way up there. You can't really see what's going on right here, but uh, I'll do it. Wouldn't that be awesome that if it was you going through something, you don't know their story. You know, sometimes it's single mom and she's away from her kids and have to pay for this and that and working and working late and working hard and not making much and, and they're frazzled and this is going on and that's going on. And that's all based on true stories that we know of some people we know. And then how dare we representing the kingdom, you know, we're not of this world. Do you know we're just here for a while? Do you know that our citizenship is somewhere else? You know, and as we carry ourselves through, then I don't have to get upset. Do I still? Yeah, because sometimes I'm not all the way there yet. But if, if you will keep this in mind and God will help us with this, then you know what? You'll be sensitive to the voice of the spirit of God that will say, you know, yeah, they're doing that. How good would you do? And, and perhaps we can just... I think this is the greater depth of this rule is that I would try to switch places and say, what if it was me that had done that, not been able to do that well, messed that up, is, is living what they're having to live? What would I want someone to do for me? And that puts you in a spot to say, you know what? I'm going to be kind to them. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to tell them it's going to be okay. I'm going to be generous to them. And that's not just making us good. We're representing the kingdom of God. Because yes. guess what? For far too much, people are seeing people are seeing people representing church and not representing well. Could we do it kingdom style? And God will help us. Could we, could we really do that? Well, you know, I was just raised. If they don't, you know, you know get raised again. All right? <laughs> get, get raised again. Some people, well, I was born that way. Well, get born again, okay? And, and that should help a little bit right there. Well, let me wrap this up a little bit tonight. Are you all with me? Yeah. Now, there's a, a German theologian, Wietzacre, and you don't have to remember his name, but he said, be careful that you have intelligent love for your enemy. Now, your enemy is different than just a person, your enemy. You have to have intelligent love for your enemy. And that means that you've got to be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. That's a message for a whole nother, whole nother night. Confusion can occur around the, this uh, golden rule if you're expecting this. Well, what if they don't reciprocate? What if I'm good to somebody and they're not good to me? That's not what this is about. It's not about reciprocity. It's about a kingdom standard. It's just like, hey, I'm just here handling the kingdom of God. And please don't be weird about this. You know why I did that, sweetie, little waitress? (laughs) Kingdom of God. Please don't do that. Please. And if you do, don't mention Meadowbrook. Okay, I got a list of some others I could give, give to you. So, all right, let's keep going. Now, get the balance of this. I got two more scriptures here. It's a kingdom standard and everybody say kingdom. kingdom. 
So the kingdom works this way. If I will do live by the standards of the standards of the kingdom, there will always be harvest. So if I'm kind, if I sow kindness, generosity, patience, understanding, what will I reap? Those things. But get this. You may not get it from that person though. But since when do we, when are we the Lord of the harvest? We're not. And so leave that over for God. I just know that right now I'm going to be kind, patient, generous, whatever. And you put it in whatever setting. You don't, it, not just restaurants, okay? And put it in whatever, whatever setting. You be that. And just understand that in the kingdom, there's always a harvest. In the kingdom, there's always a harvest. Look at this in Mark chapter 4. And he said, Jesus, the kingdom of God is as if, so this is a parable, a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. It's a system. First the blade, then the head. And after that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens immediately, he puts in the sickle because the what? Harvest, Harvest has come. So what was your part in that? To sow seed and sleep at night and rise by day. You sow seed, you do the kingdom principles and you go about your business and how this comes about. And when this comes about, you pay attention to it, but you can't do anything about that. And eventually over time, over process, a harvest will come. But I want to take us a little deeper and a little more mature than that. Okay. And that's this. What if there were no reward? It's still a kingdom standard. And if we, if we, dumb this down and say, well, I'm, I'm going to do this so that I get some of that back. That's consumer again. That's, that's immature again. Well, what do I get out of it? How, how about he's done so much for me already that if he never did one more thing for me, you want me to walk this way and act this way? I will do it. I will do it. Now, the fact that there is harvest out of everything in the kingdom, let that just come to you. Don't, don't be the one, well, I'm doing this so I can get this and I'm doing that so I can get this and I'm doing this so everybody be nice to me. Cut it out. And let's go to a deeper level of this. And whether or not there was a reward, a harvest, anything else, it's just a kingdom standard. And let's follow the king and live in those ways. Let me get one other verse in Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If it is possible, everybody say, if it is possible. As much as depends on you, that's the important part. As much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. You know what Paul put in there for us? Uh, It probably won't happen all the time that just because you're nice to people, people are going to be nice to you. But this is what you do. You just do your part. Everybody say, do your part. Do your part. Live in that kingdom standard. There always will be harvest. It will come. It will make its way to you. But don't live that way. Know that that's coming. Know that that's coming. But just commit yourself. I'm going to live this kingdom standard. Jesus spoke something very powerful in just 12 words that summed up not only the Sermon on the Mount, but it summed up as the essence of all the law and all the prophets. And it boils down to this. And it says, do unto others like you would have them do unto you. It's a kingdom standard. It's a gold standard. Now I'm calling us as believers and I'm calling us as Meadowbrook. Let's walk and live in that standard. Amen. 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 Did you get anything at all out of this tonight?